It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. Today, Davey and Jonathan hit Genesis 22 and the story of Abraham and Isaac, trusting God and being obedient in following him. Take a listen. Do you and Lindsay have different jobs that you do with the kids? Like, you do some things and she does some things? Like what? hundred percent. Like what are the thing? What are the what are some of the jobs that you do? Um, well, like uh, when it comes to chores, we talk about chores. Could be anything. I mean, like Lindsay takes the kids to schools in the school in the morning. So like we both get up usually. This morning, like this morning, got up. Uh, you know, I she doesn't necessarily care for me getting up. She'd prefer I sleep probably. Uh, she said because uh, it gets a little bit rambunctious and we'll play like we'll get into crap that we don't need to be getting into. We need to be focused and getting things done. Um, so I, I'd say she does that and she plans all the uh, she plans all the pickups from school and we carpool because we got so many people that live next to us with the Rollins and the Mashburns that we car. She does all the carpooling and she does the homework. And then I would say I do the entertainment side. Like I'm more of the. <laughs> I'm more the games. You play the games. The, the fun. Sports. The, the sports. The, you know, just when you want to go do something, you know, watching TV, whatever it is, like whatever we're in, you know, like we get in the hot tub, swimming, whatever it is. I'm usually, you know, that's more of the, when it, if we're talking about when it comes to kids, that's kind of the roles. I, I would say she has a lot more to do with the, the hard stuff and the necessary stuff. But like the cleaning and stuff and the chores, you know, holding them accountable for taking the trash out, cleaning up around the house. We try to mix that up because we don't want them to hear our vo- one voice the whole time and always I always make sure I back her up regardless of whatever she says and but um but there's no doubt who runs our household. Like it's it's Lindsay Pollock. Everyone who knows us knows that. I she can. has a shirt that says I run this ship. S H I P. It's a funny joke amongst friends, but it's absolutely the truth yeah. in our household. Recently you were talking about being in the hot tub with Nicholas and how he kind of opened up. And I'm always looking for those kind of opportunities with our kids. I feel like instead of when you're doing something together, like hanging out in the hot tub is a great opportunity to to have a conversation. Joel and I had some of our best conversations, maybe not throwing the baseball together. <laughs> Birds and the bees. Throwing the baseball or shooting basketball. So Jesse, I drive Jesse to school every morning. That's my That's my responsibility. every morning and I try to have these conversations I try to make the most of these opportunities and sometimes she doesn't even talk to me and then sometimes we have we have these these great conversations and so we try to find common ground but one that one of the electives that Jesse's taken this year is CLC Christian Learning Center Are are you familiar with that no so in public schools some public schools they are allowed to have this elective Christian Learning Center, but they can't have it on campus. They have to take them off campus. Well, the CLC has bought a little house by Loganville High School, and they bus them off the campus wow. for one of the electives. And and basically, it's, they're teaching them the Bible. And so they're walking, they're walking through the Pretty stories cool. of the Bible. So every day, like, they have a quiet time. They're, they're learning the Bible. And so they're, go, they're going through... Uh, super cool. Yeah, it's super cool. So, so on Mondays, they'll read the Bible story, and, and the teacher will give a lesson. And then on Tuesdays, they study it for themselves, and they apply 
OIA, which stands for Observations, Interpretation, Application. That's the campus outreach thing, right? Yeah, there. it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so, and then on Wednesdays, they do hear. They Observation, hear it, what? Observation, Interpretation, Application, OIA. Wednesdays, they do hear, which is hear, explain, apply, response. Hear, explain, apply, response. Thursday, which I didn't know this. Uh, I didn't know Jesse knew how to do this, but they cross-reference the story with other Bible verses that talk about that story. So they're learning how to cross-reference Old Testament, New Testament. Dang. And then on Fridays, they write in their journal. They, they write what they got out of it, and then they memorize. They memorize a verse. So she's been memorizing. So this is all taking place in public school. And so we're, we're finding common ground. We're finding things to talk about. I said, what, so I'll say, what are y'all talking about in CLC this week? And so recently she said, well, we're, we're, they're talking about the story of Abraham and Isaac. And she said, you know, Dad, that was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. And she said, you know, the, that Isaac carried his own wood to the, to the offering. Yep. And she said, Jesus carried the, his own cross. I'm like, same hill, right? Same hill. Same exact hill. Same hill. Mount Golgotha Moriah. And, yeah, Moriah and then the hill the hill of Golgotha. Golgotha, yeah. Calvary. But she knew all this. And I was like, I'm gonna share that on podcast this week. And she said, Well, you need to give me the credit for it. So <laughs> so I'm officially giving Jesse the credit. But I love this story of Abraham and Isaac. We've been talking about Bible stories. All right. Hold on one second. Psychology of of, of riding in a car is critically important. So why do you think kids open up in a car versus not in other spots? Have you thought about well, that before? I, I've always just thought because we're we're not looking at each other. We're like Boom. side face to by face. Yeah, we're like yeah. side by side. And it's gonna I'm come like, and it's gonna come to an end. Oh, that's like interesting. you're you're they're looking ahead. They don't have to look at you and they know it's gonna come to an end in the near future. So there's like I, I, the psychology. They're the not psych- like stuck. <laughs> Correct. They're not stuck with you. The psychology of that is real. Like it's it's been done and been talked That's about a lot. But find your, you got to find your car. And I've heard some people talk about the fireplace, like light a fire. Remember we, we had that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That. With, with uh, flying Brian Bloy. Flying Brian Boyer. <laughs> it's a boy. Bloy. Bloy. Um, it sounds like wrestling names. So good. Uh, the fire pit, you know, the, by the fire, whatever that is. The hot tub, apparently, with me and yeah. Nicholas, we talked about. But we got to find those those areas like that that you know that they can feel comfortable talking. Mm. They're not pressured. They can they can do, they can do that. But I I think it's pretty cool the psychology of looking for it and knowing it's coming to an end. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, that is super fascinating. So I'm giving Jesse the credit for this. That class sounds Podcast. amazing. Too. Isn't that incredible? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That they, I, we, the, I don't understand why you have to bust them off school, though. That seems a whatever reason they, they can't have it on school grounds. They have that, to be off the property. That seems aggressive. But so I got you. Yeah, I mean, like, like you people go over here off school, off campus. But I'm so I'm so okay. glad she's. I wish that's she could awesome take it class. every semester, but apparently she can't. Only like one semester per year or something. So. But let's talk about this incredible story, Genesis chapter 22, Abraham's faith is tested. Let's give a little background for for all of us. God promises Abraham three things. He promises him land, that he'd be the father of a great nation as numerous as the stars in the sky, that 
and then blessing to the nations. And so basically God promises Abraham and Sarah that they would have a, a big family and that their family would grow so big it would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. So God promises them this, and they believe God, but they can't get pregnant. So one year, two years, five years, ten years, fifty years, dozens <laughs> of years. <laughs> like they're getting old, and God still hasn't blessed them with a child. And so they're, so they're losing faith. Now, did, did you and Lindsay have trouble getting pregnant? We did not. You did not. So we, we didn't either. But we've, I've known tons and tons of good friends and, you know, of course, people in the church that it's been a huge struggle. Yeah. Like they want to get pregnant. They, they've been un, unable uh, to get pregnant. And I can't even imagine how hard that is on a, on a marriage. Marriage is hard those, enough, but to mar- put that weight on your put shoulders. that weight and, and then. And then usually one person, maybe more than the other. Right. And I, just, I can't imagine the. That's not, that can't be fun. So a- Abraham and Sarah, they're losing faith. And then God comes in, in, and gives Abraham a little pep talk, says, no, the promise is still there. Chill out, bro. It's going to come through your seed. Okay, I don't want to go into any details there. And so then Sarah begins to think, well, maybe it's, maybe she's the problem. And so that's when Sarah suggests, well, I have this maid servant. She could be a surrogate mother. And maybe you could go, you know, sleep with Hagar. And then that creates all kind of issues, right? We, we talked about that in church, church the other week. H- have you ever taken things into, into your own hands and created a big mess? I'm about to say, I thought you were going to ask me. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were you thinking I was going to ask yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just glad. 100% um, absolutely have. Yeah, you get impatient with what you're, what, you're, what you're trying to accomplish, and you absolutely, I mean... I would say I have a tendency to do it a lot, to be honest. I, I think I do it a ton. I just, I try to make it happen, make it my way, make it make it work a lot of time. I think that's, I think that's something that I do that a lot of times first, as opposed to praying, you know, asking, asking God's will to be done, asking for God's guidance. I, I think I'm very much a reactionary person. I'm going to go try to get it done first. It's a big, big, bad, no good. I think we all want a shortcut to the blessings. Yeah. Like we, we, God has promised us this blessing, but we, we want to take the short, what's the easiest, quickest route I can get there instead of, you know, putting in the time, putting in the work, putting in the process and wait, waiting on God, trusting in, trusting in his timing. And so God shows up again. He reestablishes the covenant with Abraham and Sarah says, no, you're Sarah going to have a baby. And at this point, they're 100 years old and 90 years old. Sarah laughs. She laughs at God. And he said, no, this time next year, you're going you're gonna to have a son. You're going to name him Isaac. And, and the name Isaac actually means laughter. So God blesses them with a child. Now, can you remember when God blessed you with a child? Mm-hmm. What, what were your feelings when Nicholas was born? I remember... Um, I remember... And I tell people this all the time. I, I remember feeling relief. I remember feeling um, joy, but I, I didn't necessarily have like this huge connection with my kid. I didn't necessarily be like, "Oh, that's my dude." Like we're best friends. Like I, I just was like, "Oh gosh!" Like this really just happened. This is crazy. Um, and then I, I tell the way the responsibility. Yeah, I think relief, joy, excitement, 
um, you know, having all your family there. So yeah, you definitely remember those, those moments that, that stick out. But I always tell people all the time that are having kids that I always tell them like, if you don't have a like, oh my gosh, crying moment, it's okay. Like that's not, it took me a while to build bond, a bond with my kids. Like I didn't just have this immediate like cry and now I'm a crier more than I've ever been, but it took time to build a relationship. And, but I remember the relief and knowing that the child's healthy, you know, that he's healthy and he's out and mom's healthy. Like that was the more relief and off your shoulders and yeah. heck yeah. Like, holy cow, we did this. Yeah. The, the joy of becoming a parent, it, it's, it's almost, it's hard to match with anything. It's a, it's such a special thing. And so after dozens and dozens of years, Abraham and Sarah finally have a child and God blesses them with a child. So they're, they're super excited. Now we fast forward in the story and we get to Genesis chapter 22. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on, the, on one of the mountains I will tell you about. <laughs> I mean... They've waited dozens and dozens of years. That's what I was, he the, didn't mean to. The child is born. He was just kidding. And then God says, so God comes to you. I mean, after, and at this point, and, and again, how, how, old, how old is Isaac? Yeah, I don't, we know. don't know. Is he eight? Is he 13? I mean. Old enough to carry his own wood. Old enough to carry his own wood. I can't, I can't even, Fathom. I can't even Imagine. put myself in his shoes. What would you do? I don't want to think about that. I don't think I, I don't think I would do it. I don't I don't think I could do it. But what does Abraham do? Immediate obedience. Verse three says, "Early the next morning, like early the next morning, he he wakes up and he saddles the donkey and he goes and he cuts all the firewood and he heads off to the place where where God. Had, I mean, talk about immediate." obedience he doesn't he not doesn't. i'm gonna pray about it for three or four weeks and see if god changes his mind not ah oh, he was kidding not anything it was okay yeah it was like the next morning Oof. early the next morning like and who knows the conversation i mean he and sarah made us stayed up all night talking about this and so they make the they travel and it says on the third day third, third day. day of traveling Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. So imagine, you know, you and Nicholas going on this father-son trip for three days. This is y'all doing all this great father-son stuff, and you're bonding, and then, then now you get to the place where you're basically going to have to take his life. But I love his faith there. He says that we will worship, then we will come back to you. So, I mean, he knew he was going to sacrifice uh, Isaac on the altar, but he has the faith to believe that he and Isaac are going to come back. And so if you fast forward ahead, do some cross-referencing like Julius, uh, Jesse's been learning. In the book of Hebrews, the, the author of Hebrews kind of reasoned that that Abraham thought that he would bring Isaac back from, from the dead, that he would bring him back uh, to life. 
And so, so they're walking. Isaac's carrying the wood. Abraham has the knife and the fire. And Isaac's old enough to kind of know what's going on. And he's old enough to know his dad's act, acting a little weird. <laughs> Rightfully so. And if he's anything like Jolin was when Jolin was little, Jolin loved asking questions. He was always asking questions. What are we doing, Dad? Yeah, we're, we're, Why do I have this wood? Yeah. What are we going to do with it? Where's the, where's the sacrifice? Yeah. Where's so, the sheep, Dad? Yeah. So that's, that's what Isaac asked. He, he says, um, you know, where's, where's the sacrifice? Where's the, where's the offering? Like, we got the wood, we got the knife, we got the fire. Like, where's the sacrifice? And listen how I, Abraham responds. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Man, I just, his faith was incredible. Now then, then put yourself in, into Abraham's shoes. You get there, you stack up all the wood, and then you take Nicholas and you put him on the wood and you begin to tie him. You begin to, it says he bound him to the wood. Can you imagine, like, of course, you're so much stronger than Nicholas. I mean, he's not going to be able to fight against you. But he's fighting. He's realizing what's happening. Tears are coming down his eyes. Tears are probably coming down oh, yeah. Abraham's eyes. I mean, can you, can you imagine being in this situation? See, I love what you're doing right now because I think we should we should all do it. And they have journals that do this. It's kind of cool. They take personalization, like they put your name in verses and stuff, and they put your name like when God's have you seen that before? Mm-mm, like mm-mm. you know, to take a verse and you know, be strong and courageous, David. You know, I mean it would take, you know, all and personalize it. And what you're doing right now, like personalizing it, just thinking about like Jolin. Putting yourself whoever yeah. you are and think about your kid and being in that situation and doing it. Like when you personalize that and you read things, I think it hits you in a different spot. I mean, it just makes how, you how is it hitting you? Not good. I mean, that not good <laughs> at all. That would not I mean, it, it's hard to fathom and wrap your brain around, but I, I don't I don't I could I don't I, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I'd do it. I just don't think I could yeah, do it. I just it. don't think I could do it. Oh. I don't think I would have the faith that that Abraham had. And so he pulls back the knife to sacrifice his son, and then, and then God stops him, like in mid, in in mid swing, and uh, and God says, "I know that you fear me, because you have not withheld your son, your only son." Are we speechless? I got nothing. <laughs> And then it says, Abraham looks and sees a ram caught in the thicket. And he sacrificed the ram on the burnt offering in place of his son. And he called that place Jehovah-Jireh. This this is where we get the Lord will provide. That God provided the ram in the thicket. And then God confirms his his promise through through Abraham, his, his covenant with Abraham. He says, you've not withhold your most prized possession, your one and only son. And Abraham chose God over over his son. So I really don't want to steal your thunder, and I hope I don't, because we're on the same page a lot when we do this. But so we personalized it, and we made it real to you and to whoever you're, wherever you're listening, whoever you are, and putting your child there, and in that situation, and going through that, and then God provides a way out, and doesn't doesn't make you know Abraham have to go through that. But God does it again with his son 
and doesn't provide a way out. And does it. No way out. For all of us. Yeah. I mean, I that's, mean, a, that's the, the incredible lesson that, that as, as John the Baptist says of Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, that, that Jesus was the Lamb that died in our place. He paid the penalty for us. God gives Jesus a choice in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus prays, and he's praying, you know, so intense that he's sweating blood. blood. Yep. And But then Jesus says, not my will, but, but your will, your will be done. And, uh, you know, Jesus was the ram in the thicket. It's like we're, basically, we're in us. Isaac's shoes. It's like God's about to sacrifice us. Yeah, we... But, but God stops it, and Jesus is the, is the perfect sacrifice. Yeah, great. So, so we, we deserve to die. We deserve the punishment for the punishment for sin is death. For the wages of sin is death, and and we deserved all this. And and just like the lamb, you know, God didn't sacrifice Isaac. He provided the lamb. He didn't sacrifice us. He provided Jesus, His only nope. only Son. And this is, I mean, this takes place four thousand years prior to to Jesus coming. I mean, the, it's amazing how the the Bible, you know. It all meshes together. I mean, the stories of the stories of the Old Testament apply uh, to the New Testament. And you mentioned this earlier that that Mount Moriah was actually the same the same hill that God provided the ram in the thicket is the hill of Calvary, where, where God provided Jesus for us. And it says in, in 1 Peter three eighteen, for Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. And then it says in, in Romans 8, 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how would he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I mean, the good, the good news of the gospel. It is, it is just so powerful. It's so, you know, how Jesus Christ could, or how God could send his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. It shows us how much love God has for us. How can we not live for him? How can we not serve him? And it's the love of Christ that compels us to, to live our lives for him. Yep, and then we go through times, and we go through times in our walk when it's so easy, isn't it? Like you wake up with such a joyful heart, and you're like, this is the easiest thing ever. Um, it makes your day. It sets the tone for your day. Your day's on a high, and you know exactly why. And then some days you get up, and it's, not like that at all. And some days you get up and you don't do your quiet time and you just, it's a, it's a, and it's amazing. We can, we can feel a difference, right? Like y'all can feel the difference when you, when you put something in, when you put, when you put time into yourself and you read the word and you get with people, like you feel a difference. Mm. You can feel it. You absolutely can feel it. You know it. Um, your life is better because of it. So how do we, including me, like how do we make it a priority and not stray and not go away from it? Because we do know, we do know the good news and we do know what happens to us every time we continue to churn and learn and read and grow. And then we put it on the back burner again. And then we go again. And then we put it on the back burner again. Like, what? Oh, it's so frustrating. So what, what do you, I don't have this in my notes. 
Oh, we're going off the notes. We're going off the That's notes. That's not good. Here. We got to get on the notes. Gone what, rogue. What do you think are some lessons we can learn from Abraham? Lessons of faith from Abraham. Maybe even from his mistakes and from his, because he he certainly made some mistakes too. We, we talked about this previously with with David. You know, yeah. David was a man after God's own heart, but he also made mistakes. I wrote down unanswered prayers. That's that's what I wrote down because I think that I have so many things in my life that throughout time that I've prayed for that I didn't get, and I'm very, very, very thankful I didn't get. You know, oh, what I'm saying you, like, so you're thankful that God didn't answer the 100%. prayers. The way, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I, I've, I, I have, have things, those too. Yeah, I have things vividly that I remember from high school that I remember from college and things that I wanted to do or things something that I thought that I really wanted to go after and now you look at it and you're like thank you for not giving it to mm-hmm. me I wasn't ready for it I didn't need it and I have I have adversity in my life that hit that I needed so I think it's to me it's in all circumstances and that you know the Bible says in all circumstances have faith in all circumstances understand good bad whatever you think's happening right now there's a reason What's my lesson? What do I take away from it? What do I learn from it? And how do I how do I grow closer? Every every single thing, mm-hmm. like every good, bad, whatever you feel like it is, like you're, you're gonna we're gonna have those trials, we're gonna have those tribulations, and then we get to take the test. And if we fail the test, what do we do? We take it again, right? Like if Pers- we if, persevere, keep, I mean, keep if, persevering. If, if we if we provide if we if we if we strive to be better and we try strive to have stronger faith and we strive to grow and grow and grow and we take the test, if we fail the test, we take it again. If we fail the test, we, t- we take it again. If we fail the test, we pass the test. We don't have to take the test a lot of time again. We've already put that part by us. We've already grown from that. We've learned from that. We've moved on from that. Don't you? I mean, does that make sense or no? Like, I no, mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there, there are some sins or temptations that I would say I've put to death in my life. Yeah. Like, I don't struggle with cussing. Like, cussing is is not something that I constantly struggle with. But there's other sins that I that I do struggle with that I'm still constantly being being tested. So, someone asked me the other day as a question that came came out of our discipleship group, and I, it's a it's actually a question I put in the lesson. And the question, the first question was, does God tempt us? And then the second question was, does God test us? And of course, we know that God doesn't tempt us. He doesn't tempt us, and but He does test us. I mean, yep. you look at. I mean, Abraham was. Te- I mean, he was. His faith was tested, and our faith is tested every single day. Like every day is a test of our faith. I mean, this whole life is a test. <laughs> this is the test. I mean, ultimately, we're going to be in heaven and eternal life, and we're going to be with Jesus. But our whole life is a test. And our faith is tested every single day. And, and to your point, sometimes we fail the test. And we're going to have to get tested again, and we're going to get tested again. You, you brought up a great point with unanswered prayers, because sometimes the answer is no to our prayer, but sometimes the answer is not now. Wait. It's wait. And so with Abraham, the timing wasn't right. Now, they try to take, take it in their own hands with the whole Hagar thing. Um, of course, we've seen how God orchestrated all of that because their son, Abraham, and, and Hagar's son, Ishmael, they became the Ishmaelites and the whole Muslim faith. And, you know, they're still fighting. This, those two brothers, uh, Isaac and Ishmael, are still 
they're still fighting today with Palestinians and, and Israelites. And but you know, sometimes God gives us promises. Like you have some promises and prayer requests. The timing's just not right. It's like you're not ready for that right now. Whatever whatever it is that you're praying for, and so we have to focus, keep trusting God that it, not only is He going to give us the right answer, but in in His in his proper timing. Yep. I like what you said, because we're not ready for it a lot of times, what we want. Yeah. And you've seen that throughout your life, right? Like circumstances you it. think you're ready for, and you ain't even close to ready for it. Yeah. And you get overwhelmed, and you fail miserably. And then throughout time, you've seen where you develop it. You develop patience. You develop different gifts and maturity. And that's that's the great thing about getting old is, you develop, like, it stinks some of the side effects of getting old and, you know, not having as much energy and, you know, all that good stuff. But, man, the wisdom and that that stuff you get with being old definitely is worth it. I love what Foxworthy said when he was when he was on the podcast. He, he said that he didn't like his, you know, 50-year-old body, but he loved the wisdom of his 50-year-old mind, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't, he wouldn't trade it. That's why he follows the dogs. He wouldn't. He wouldn't trade. I bet you he's happy. He is jacked. He was texting me the other day. He was so jacked. (laughs) That dude is like a kid in a candy store. He's so excited about Georgia. We're elite again. We did it again. Back-to-back elite. Like, Do you think Georgia's going to win the national championship back-to-back? I do. I mean, right now I think they're the the best. I didn't think that before the season, but man, oh, man. Golly, 15 draft picks, and then now you're doing this? I mean, they're really young. I mean, like, they don't know that they have a senior on defense. You think Ohio State's, like, the best competition out there? Uh, we don't talk much football in this podcast. Yeah, we've kind of we've strayed. Yeah, we don't talk much football. No, we've I think, strayed. I think Michigan's going to give Ohio State all they want. Okay. And they might beat them. So, one, one more thought on Abraham, and, and we'll wrap up this discussion. Immediate obedience. No hesitation. No hesitation. He didn't. I'm sure he didn't agree with it. I'm sure he didn't want to do it. I'm sure he didn't understand it. But up the I call it up the middle obedience. Like it was a it was a clear word from God. So there was no like do because if you get a clear word from God, there's no need to pray about it. There's no reason to pray about something that God has clearly told you. And of course, we have the scriptures. What is the up the middle part? Where does that come into play? I was, I'm thinking football. I'm using some football terms here, like three yards in a cloud of dust. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna obey. I'm gonna do it. Uh, I'm gonna. So God wants you to run the football. <laughs> you saying? And he wants me to be obedient. Like, like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna anybody do whatever. Anybody else think that was a really poor analogy or bad? <laughs> it was. I thought it was a big swing and a miss. Bad. Yeah. Okay. I think the the thing that we see the most here is Abraham's fear of God. Immediately, he feared mm. God more than anything. He didn't withhold anything. His most prized possession was his son because he waited so long for it, and that was his prized possession. But it's like he he feared God so much that he's everything else is off the table. You know, mic drop. Just had a had a just had a proud father son moment right there. That's a good word. I think we can end on that. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. 
I love the idea of putting ourselves in certain people's shoes in the Bible, substituting our name for theirs. So putting ourselves in Abraham and Sarah's place, God promises to make Abraham's descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. But they grow old to almost 100 years old without having a child. They lost faith and trust in God's promise. But wouldn't you also grow weary for a child? And then God finally gave Abraham and Sarah a son. But when Isaac was only 11, God called Abraham to sacrifice him. So how many of us would say that we could be faithful enough to be obedient in this circumstance? Not many, but going back to our last podcast, Abraham had a healthy fear and reverence for God. He feared God and God alone. He didn't withhold anything from God so he could be obedient to him. I love to think of myself like I'm Isaac in this story. It was me that should have been punished, deserving death and deserving eternal separation from God for my sins. But Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the ram stuck in the thicket, He was there. It's the foreshadowing of the gospel. The application today is to be thankful for what Jesus did on the cross and to live in light of that. All right, people, that is a wrap for season three of the Family Goals podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't worry. We will be back after the new year. So y'all have a Merry Christmas and have a Happy New Year.